It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking the podcast on the road this season, and we want you to come with us. We're heading to Tampa, we're heading to Nashville, we're heading to New Orleans, and maybe a couple other surprises. Thanks to fansofphilly.com, that's P-H-A-N-S, fansofphilly.com. They put all the packages together for us, we're going to hit the road. Set it and forget it. Four-star hotels, direct flights, tickets to the game, tailgates, pregame festivities, and can be a part of our show's as we're there the whole weekend, wherever we are going. Fansofphilly.com. Make sure you use the code BGN so we all stick together and come have fun with us as we cheer on our Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, and take over every stadium that we are in this season. Fansofphilly.com. Promo code BGN. Welcome on into the 42nd, a.k.a. the Keith Byers episode of the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by BGN Radio, bgnradio.com, and bleedinggreennation.com. I do wish I could have seen Keith Byers play. Now, I know all the old heads listening to this podcast are like, oh, classic millennial, doesn't understand Keith Byers. I wish I watched Keith Byers play. He's one of those legendary eagles that was like... You know, he was a legendary eagle, but he was like a classic eagle and a and a guy that most other uh, like the guy that Eagles fans know that most other NFL fans wouldn't know. That, that was kind of what Keith Byers. He's like in that that Brent Selleck kind of territory. Um, but uh, the Keith Byers episode of the Counterpoint Podcast, episode number forty two. Uh, on today's episode, uh, we obviously have Jack's headlines, and then we're gonna talk about um, raising your kids in the post Super Bowl. Era because I I am worried about the young kids and the babies that are being born now and they are you know opening their eyes every day as Super Bowl champions and they don't understand the 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 heartbreak that has been that's been most of our lives being Eagles fans so I mean what what is better who is going to give better parenting advice than a 24-year-old that's just about to move out of his parents' house? I mean, listen, that's that sounds like a good recipe. I think you can go home to your to your wife and say, "Listen, this kid, 24, gets it." And I think we need to change our parenting uh philosophy. So, you're you'll eventually thank me. I mean, there's no one better to get parenting advice from than a 24-year-old that is moving out in the next month. So, listen, you're you're welcome in advance. And then of course, the Counterpoint Mailbag, which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. 
But let's first get to Jack, Jack's headlines, which, you know, again, <laughs> there's nothing much going on. Uh, the Eagles did get their rings, though. And when I when I first saw the ring, uh, I think if you're, you're a diseased Eagles fan, you kind of feel the same way. It's like it kind of took your breath away for a second. It was like, wow. It's set, it's set in once again that the Eagles are Super Bowl champions. But, like, man, are those things gorgeous. 127 diamonds. It was. It's. It's a beautiful ring, filled with just so much memories and heartbreak at the same time. Uh, it, it. It was. It was the perfect ring to commemorate a special, special team. And the first time I saw it, my breath was taken away. And then I started getting chills when I saw that you know Meek Mill performed "Dreams and Nightmares" live in front of everybody. And you know it was kind of awkward at some points because like. You had Carson Wentz's girlfriend, like, kind of, or fiance, sorry, sorry, Carson, uh, rapping along, and you had, like, all the, like, <laughs> like the white people in the crowd just, like, nodding their head and, like, not wanting to actually say the words. Meanwhile, like, LeGarrette Blunt's in the middle, like, just having it. Uh, it was an interesting video to watch, but what a, what a night. It looked like they had so much fun. All the live videos, watched every second of them. It was a, it was a, a, an amazing evening. And they finally, finally got their rings. And you know, now, now it's officially the new year. I mean, I, for, before I was a Super Bowl champion, I never really considered the new year to really start until after the Super Bowl. Just because, like, that feels like the logical end of the, the, the prior year. The Super Bowl is always just like, okay, that, that year is over. It's time to move on to a new year. Uh, And before I was a Super Bowl champion, you know, it, it it would end. My new year would start February fifth or sixth or whatever. The the Monday after the Super Bowl should always be a holiday, but that Tuesday is the start of a new year. I've always thought that way. Now that's just me being a football guy. I don't know if other guys can pull that off, but that's how I view the calendar. And I think they should change the calendar around and say to, to adopt this strategy because it just makes sense. It's just. It's just that's when the year is over, is after the Super Bowl. But obviously the Eagles won the Super Bowl this year. And usually I would say, you know, that, that Tuesday I'm ready to move on to the new year. But but we were on this, like, high, this high of the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. And when Doug came out and said that on the, the evening of June 15th at 12.01, it is the start of a new year. And guess what, Doug? Start of a new year for me. So happy new year to everyone out there. It's a brand new new year. You can go around, you can go around on the streets and you can say happy new year because Doug said happy new year. We're living now it's officially 2018 as we embark on a new journey with a new Eagles team. Like we're it's sad. Like I don't know at what point this season we're going to be like saying goodbye to the old and and fall in love with a new team. I know the 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 core is still the same, but you know the the LeGarrette Blunts, Brent Selleck won't be back. Like it, we're eventually gonna have to start looking towards new players. Like we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to fall in love with Michael Bennett. We're gonna have to fall in love with Dallas Goddard. We're gonna have to fall in love with a brand new Eagles team. And I wonder at what point we're gonna be able to do that because I'm not, I'm not ready to just start falling in love with new guys. Like I, I love that team. I love that team that went on a special run, uh, uh, all culminating in the Super Bowl. But like, I don't know. I don't know when eventually we're gonna be able to move on and and start loving a brand new team obviously we'll love the eagles we'll watch them inside every every sunday and all throughout the week but i don't know when emotionally we're gonna be fully moved on 
from last year's team and be able to start accepting new guys and accept that certain guys aren't here and those guys are in their roles and maybe they start off slow because they're they just went into they went into February to play and they they just got into training camp and they just started their new year now. So it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm I'm curious to see when we start really embracing the new Eagles because you know football there's there's new rosters every single year. You know there's a lot of turnover in the NFL and the Eagles are lucky enough to have most of their core under contract. But still, those fringe guys that we fell in love with and obviously Brent Selleck being an all-time Eagle. You know, it's it's hard to just move on from those guys. So Thursday was like the last time we're going to see them all together in the same place. And it was just special. It w- it really was special. And I, I am forever indebted to that team. Um, but yeah, so I wonder when that's going to be. Because I think if I know my people like I know my people, it's going to be a little bit. Um, also, the Madden rankings came out. And if you know me, if you listen to this podcast, Madden is absolute trash. We are not... A Madden podcast. It's just it's just a bad game. It's it's bad gameplay. It is not realistic graphics. It's not realistic player movements. Like 2K literally has guys shots down and all their special moves. And Madden rankings can't even get how certain guys throw the football. It's embarrassing. It's an embarrassing football game. Anyway, there's only four Eagles that are above a 90. And now Madden got it right. The Eagles have the best roster in the NFL. They are they are a 90 overall in Madden, where the next closest team is 84. Um, just so far above everyone else. And the four guys they have above 90 are Malcolm Jenkins, Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham. All above 90. First, my first main objection is where's Lane Johnson? Like Lane Johnson is the best right tackle in the league. I don't understand why he would not be at least a 95 plus. At least, like at least a 95 plus. And then there's Wentz. And Wentz is at an 85 overall who was going to win the MVP last year had he not gotten hurt. 33 touchdowns, which is still second most in the NFL last year. 85 is bullshit. 85 is bullshit. It's disrespectful. And then there's Nick Foles, who comes in at a 78 and is tied with Deshaun Watson, which, like, is also ridiculous, but for different circumstances. But, yeah. So, Madden rankings came out. 90s fair, but... Lane Johnson should have been at least a 95. Like the, the fact that he's not in the 90s is just egregious. And I think that EA should issue an apology immediately because they are disrespecting Lane Johnson. And frankly, it's a slap of the face to um, Eagles fans everywhere. But now, the moment you've all been waiting for, uh, I'm going to teach you how to raise your children in the era of being a Super Bowl champion. So it's come to my realization that I am worried about the youth of the fan base and I'm worried for multiple reasons because I don't want the youths of this fan base to think it was always this easy. Like, I don't think that's fair to the next generation of Eagles fans to think it was always sunshine and rainbows. We were always Super Bowl champions and I don't want the history of the Eagles to be lost on the youth of the fan base. So first off, shout out to uh, Matt Keel, who is a diehard listener of the Counterpoint podcast. So he sent in a, a mailbag question that's, that, that spawned this idea. He says, my son was born December 11th, 2016, when the Eagles played Washington. He was born seven seconds before, the Thompson, before Thompson scored the game-winning touchdown. Since, the Eagles are 18-4 and four with a Super Bowl win. I'm happy he will never suffer like I did, but also feel like he's a fake fan for it. 
Thoughts? And yes, your son is a total fraud. I have come up with a system to to rank, not rank. I come up with a system to decide who's a real baby and who's a fraud baby. So the age brackets go like this. Zero to two. Ages zero to two are fraud babies. Complete fraud babies. Don't understand the Eagles. Don't understand what's going on. Barely know what football is. Uh... And just think the color green's a cool color. Complete fraud babies. Don't understand it. You can try to convince yourself otherwise, but I'm sorry. Your zero to two year old is a fraud. Now, he won't be a fraud forever, but he is a guy or he or she is a baby that you're going to have to mold. You're going to have to mold. You're going to have to start from scratch and build this thing. (laughs) Things a little much. Build this fraud baby into a grown-ass Eagles fan. Two through five, you can start beginning the process. But, but, they can't watch the Super Bowl yet. They cannot sit down and physically watch the Super Bowl. Here's the first rule. The Super Bowl is off limits until a certain age, which I will get to later on. But like I said, I'm concerned about the youth of the fan base. I'm, I, I don't want, like, you know, it, it's fine if you want to, start celebrating the Eagles and like, I understand the excitement of having a kid under five and you know, they're wearing Eagle stuff and they're like cheering touchdowns. But I just want you to remind your young children that they don't get it yet. Like every time they start cheering, maybe send them a little death eye and say, listen, you don't understand what dad or mom has been through. Okay. I want, I need the kids of the, of the fan base to understand just how hard it was to get to where we are now, which is Super Bowl champions. You know, when they talk about the Yankees, they talk about the Yankees, and you're not a real Yankee until you earn your pinstripes. The youth of this fan base hasn't earned their midnight green just yet. If they're over five, that's fine. The process that I'm going to lay out begins at five. But before that, they are fraud babies, and they have not earned their midnight green. We in the trust tree, we the diseased Eagles fans all over the world, apparently. I'm always blown away by the listeners that are all over the world. Um, we must, we must, we must teach the youth of this fan base what we have been through. So I, me, I... I'm going to be the one telling you how to raise your children, which I think is a good idea. I think if you laid this out to your wife, I think she'd agree that I want to take parenting advice from a 24-year-old who in one month to the day is moving out of his parents' house. That's a guy who I would listen to if I was raising a child because he sounds like he's got his shit together for sure. So Five is when you start this process of converting your your child into an Eagles fan. You start at five because there's no I, I'm not a doctor. I, I I'm not I don't ever pretend to be a doctor. Um, but in my opinion, around five is when is when you start to cognitive, cognitively understand memory. Like you start you start memorizing not memorizing, but you know you know what I mean. Like you, your memory starts to kick in a little bit, right? Like when I was five. Like uh, Doug Peterson was the first football player I ever remember. Like I, sh- I don't, I don't remember watching him play. I just remember seeing Doug Peterson 
and that face of his uh, in Midnight Green. Uh, and that was like my first ever memory of the Eagles when I was like five. And when I was eight, when I was eight, I was in Lake Tahoe. And that's where I watched Rondé Barber and the 2002 NFC Championship game. So that's why this process, this very, very important process, the most important process that you'll ever teach your children ever, um, that's why it should take at least you know three years to, to fully get it. Because when I was eight, it was the first time that I experienced what it truly, truly meant to be an Eagles fan. So, so again, zero to two, fraud babies. Two to five, working on it. You, they, they can cheer and whatever. Zero to two, you're, you're putting them down. They're not allowed to cheer. You're not allowed to cheer if you're if you're two years old. If you if you're two, if your two year old stands up to clap after the Eagles score a touchdown, just say sit down. No one wants to hear from you right now at all. Um, two to five is when they can begin sort of cheering, um, and then five is when it's it's the appropriate time to really start diving deep into what it means to be an Eagles fan. Like I just don't, I don't want the youth of the fan base to be raised in this era of like, Oh, we win all the time because you know, when I was in high school, I was in high school when with Cowboys fans, obviously from around the area who were born when the Cowboys were winning Super Bowls and don't understand it. But since their dad or they were told that the Cowboys were good at one time, one time, they feel like they can just say, oh, we, we, we. You can't just say we. So your 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 five-year-old, your five-year-old, they can't just they can't just come out of the womb saying we. That's not that's not how this fan base has ever been. That's not how this fan base has ever been. Like if I know this fan base, like I think I know this fan base, and I, the the disease fans, I'm sure you already have understood this before. You don't need my guidance. You're not just letting your 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 five-year-old kid say we. Because like you haven't earned the right to say we, you haven't earned the right to to act like you've been through what what mom and dad's been through. So, like I said, I think five is the correct point to start this. So, uh, you know, when when they're five, you can start laying out the history. The history is simple. Like you'll say, you know, 1948, 1949, Steve Van Buren, back to back champs, and then obviously go to 1960 with Benaric. And like, this is all, this is like, it's kind of like elementary school when they would teach history in elementary school. It's all just, you know, overarching, you know, most of us weren't alive for it. So obviously we know the history. So we go back and we say what happened and they make sure they understand that concrete Charlie is an absolute legend, uh, Franklin field, all this stuff. You also, when you're giving the 1960 talk, I need you to make sure that you remind them that from 1960, again, 1960, to 2018, the Eagles had never won. I think when you're having this conversation, you need to remind them of that no less than 10 times. To where the to the, to the point where they're like, mom or dad, please just, I understand. They didn't win for over 50 years. Like, mom, dad, I, I completely understand. I, I got you. I got you, okay? Um, And then obviously, you work through the 70s. You You, you talk about the snowball. You know, throwing the snowballs at Santa Claus, which is that is that narrative dead? Like, are we done with the the, the throwing snowballs at Santa Claus thing? Like, is that completely over because we won the, we won the championship? I don't think it's completely over. Um, but just remind them that the reason why they threw snowballs at Santa Claus was because they were on pace to get OJ Simpson 
um, who obviously turned out to be a, a great player and one of the best running backs of all time. Also a murderer, but you don't have to tell the murderer part. You just leave the whole OJ thing. Let them find out about OJ on, on their own. That's my parenting advice. That's what I would do. Um, and just remind them that OJ Simpson turns out to be one of the best running backs of all time. And the Eagles won the week before the end of the season. So it took them out of the running to get OJ. And just remind them that if they are ever told that the, the Eagles fans are snowballs at Santa, just remind them to tell people that it happened in the sixties and to, to please move on. Um, you know, talk about Timmy Brown and the hit that really, you know, spawned the Eagles Cowboys rivalry. Uh, explain, explain them that, that the Cowboys dominated the seventies when Dick Vermeil came in, he came and said, our goal is to beat the Cowboys. And in the 1980 NFC championship game, they did beat the Cowboys to make it to the, the 1980 Super Bowl before once again, they lost in the Super Bowl. They did not win the Super Bowl in 1980. Uh, just, you know, it's, it's a very over, over, overarching view on the, on the old Eagles. And of course you, you'll bring up the buddy era and you'll bring up Reggie and Jerome and Randall Cunningham. Um, you now, we all love Kelly Green. I love Kelly Green. I don't understand like the outrage when you know you mentioned that you love Kelly Green. I feel like people are just like, oh my god, we get it. Kelly Green's amazing. It's stupid. It's stupid. I love Kelly Green. I wear Kelly Green more than I wear Midnight Green. You're five to eight year old, not allowed to wear Kelly Green just yet. Like Kelly Green's, Kelly Green's when you Kelly Green is you're allowed to wear after you watch the Super Bowl with with your child again. The Super Bowl is the last hurdle. Like you're not like the rule number one of this entire process that I'm talking about is that you are not your 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 son or daughter is not allowed to watch the Super Bowl until this whole process is complete. Like you can't just you can't just flip it on and let them that can't be their their first memory of the Eagles being watching the Super Bowl. Like you have to you have to beat them down. You have to beat them down. They can't they can't just waltz in and watch the Super Bowl like a baby deer like Bambi. That, that is not what we are doing here. So that's just rule number one. Anyway, so you go through the whole overarching thing, buddy, whatever. You need to make you need to make the 2000 to 2005 years, you need to make that hurt. Not like physically hurt, but emotionally, you need to make that hurt. Like in 2000, you need to make you need to make it feel like your son or daughter was there. Because those were the most painful years. And if they don't understand those years, they're not going to understand anything about what it means to be a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Those years hurt so bad. That's why 2018 was so special and impressive. And I, 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 need, to, I need to hammer that home. Moms and dads out there with your young kids, you're, you're, you're thinking about, I, I want to raise my kid an Eagles fan, but I don't want to do it fraudly you need to make oh 2000 2005 hurt emotionally you just do that is what good parents would do so the ronde barber interception they need to understand how just just how tell them tell them your story of that time tell them other stories you've heard that time how the city was feeling at that time. Like that was the team that was going to bring it home. All that. I need all that. I need, I need a tear shed when you're going through that. So 2000 to 2005 needs to be emotional. 
that needs to be the hardest part of this conversation. Uh, and then obviously you go through the Don, the, the, the end of the Donovan era into the Kevin Cobb era. You have, you, you'll mention 2008. Obviously didn't hurt as much as the previous years, but you'll mention it. You'll get to the, the end of the Andy era, the Mike Vick era. Mention that he was a dog, <laughs> a dog beater. Um, um, then you obviously get to the Chip Kelly era and you'll, you'll get all excited because you'll remember the 2013 season and be like, oh, he's awesome. He's, a, he's a transcendent, all this stuff. And then a complete fraud. Like I, you, you need to listen, the Chip Kelly era will be a good life lesson for young Jimmy because it'll teach them about snakes and to not trust a complete snake. So uh, the Chip Kelly era is a very important era for just growing your child. Um, and then the demise of Chip, obviously. And I really think hammering home the hiring of Doug and how outlandish it was, how bringing back Howie out of the basement, how outlandish that was. This is about year... I think the Doug era, you should get to about two years in, when they're around seven. The beginning of the Doug era. And then, obviously, you will sit down and you will watch the Wench draft and you explain to them the reaction you had when the, when you heard that the Eagles were trading up to the number two pick, because when, when, when I found out the Eagles were trading up for the number two pick, my heart stopped. I thought I was going to die. Like my heart literally stopped when I found out the Eagles were, were trading up to the number two pick. I need little Jimmy to feel the same way. <laughs> I need his heart to stop. I don't need his heart to stop, but you get the point. Um, he moves up. You need to understand the Carson Wentz, all of that, how like explain him key and Fahey and all these draft Knicks who said he was terrible, all this stuff. Uh, and then really, I think it's important to go through the 2016 season because the 2016 season was like, was like, look at all these little minor mistakes, these little like, it, cause I think the 2016 season is an important stepping stone for obviously the 2017 season, but understand the 2016 season, I think is very important. There was questions about Doug, questions about Carson, questions about you know all these weird things. Um, it's a it's a good foundational season to watch. So I think you just sit down and watch the 2016 season with your your child. It's a very important season. They can understand where this team came from to the 2017 season. So, uh, and then obviously, like you need to spend a lot of time on the 2017 offseason. Uh, all the the the, the Alshon, Alshon signings. Uh, just really explain to them uh, how how like on paper we saw this team was going to be good, but for some reason we didn't fully buy in on them actually being a Super Bowl caliber team. Like you, it's perfectly fine. Like you can be completely honest with your kid and say, "Listen, I didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl. I just didn't think they were going to do it. I thought they were too young, uh, too inexperienced. You know, second year coach wasn't sure about Doug. It's listen, your kid. I know I said they're fraud babies, but those fraud babies are also welcome into the trust tree." They're, they're welcome into the trust tree immediately. The trust tree is a very forgiving place. I think they'd appreciate it if you're just completely honest with them. So you will you will go through the 2017 season, 2017 offseason. Um, I think it's very imperative that the last part of their journey towards becoming a diseased Eagles fan is, is watching them the 2017 season uh, uh, just from start to finish. Because, I mean, honestly, it's, it, it'll be good for you too, mom or dad, just to, rem- just to remind yourself of how fun it was. Um, because the 2017 season, your kid's going to watch it after it's important to watch the 2016 season before the 2017 season, 
Because if they just watched the 2017 season from start to finish, they'll be like, wow, this team was unbelievable, Daddy. You're an idiot. <laughs> um, the 2016 season, that's why it's so important that you watch that before the 2017 season so that they fully understand that this team was not always, you know, gangbusters. Um, so 2017 season, start to finish, uh, you will, you will, we will head into the playoffs. There's no prerequisite to, to, to watch the playoffs with your, with your child. Obviously you're not watching that until after the whole entire season. You can kind of, you don't have to watch the Cowboys game. Maybe watch. I, I think you should watch Nick Foles in the Cowboys game. And then you can turn it off after that and then turn to your, your child and be like that guy, that guy won us the Super Bowl, son, daughter. So, so, uh, so, so they understand how bad Nick Foles was before the, before the game, uh, before the playoff run and then the playoffs. So you'll get through the NFC championship game. He's going to be like, all right, awesome. I can watch the Super Bowl now. Right, dad. Not so fast. My friend, you were going to give a, a, a citizenship test of sorts to your son or daughter before sitting down to watch the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl it's like it's 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 the mecca. It's the biggest thing in your life. And they need to they, I just I, I need to hammer it home because I, I need I need your your child to understand just how special that Super Bowl was. So that's why I pu- I'm putting in the citizenship te- test. I'm putting it in. Because I want them to fully get it. And I think if you've gone through this whole process, you've watched the full 2016 season, you've watched the 2017 season, and you finally get to the Super Bowl, I think they'll get it. But I just want to make sure they'll get it. So that's why there's a citizenship test. To, to, to Before they can sit down and watch the Super Bowl, they got to pass it. I think that's perfectly fair. Pass that. Boom. You watch the Super Bowl. Now, the room matters. Dark room. Lights all off. Super Bowl on. You've got a beer in hand, of course. And you're sitting there. You watch it in its entirety. You find the full post-game shows. You watch Ray Diddinger cry. And please explain to your son... Ray Dedinger, please. Um, you explain to them Chris Collinsworth. If you, if your if your son or daughter in the fourth quarter does not drop a fuck Chris Collinsworth, I don't think they I don't think they should get their their midnight green. Uh, watch the full game. Watch all the the, the post game shows, post game pressers, Ray Dedinger's, uh, and he's good. He or she is good. They are, they are officially an Eagles fan. After you watch it, it should take a weekend. A weekend to get through everything in your dark room. Um, then you have a ring ceremony of yourself where we all have it. We all have our prized Eagles possession. You finally pass that down to your child. And that is parenting your children and turning them into a Super Bowl champion in 2018. That is raising your kids in the post-Super Bowl era. You're welcome. Now, let's talk to Michael Kist about how he is raising his children in the post-Super Bowl era. All right, so I had to bring on uh, an expert because, you know, I'm, I'm 24. I don't have kids yet. 
But I figured that I, as the Eagles fans are, am allowed to, to dictate the trust tree's future children. And I had to bring on Michael Kist because, one, Michael Kist fit the criteria. He is a diseased Eagles fan, a very smart Eagles fan, a, a, a guy that lives and dies with the Eagles. And he's a 10-month-old boy, which he is raising to become an Eagles fan. But, Michael, I want to let you know that your son Augustus, sweet, sweet baby boy Augustus, 10-month-old, is a total fraud. He is a total fraud, and he cannot just come out and be an Eagles fan in this brave new world of being a Super Bowl champion. Do you agree? Look, this is the new era of being an Eagles fan. And when my wife was pregnant with Augustus, and we were in Philly for the draft, he blessed that draft. Little, little teeny tiny baby, unborn Augustus, blessed that draft and brought us to this point. So if anything, I would say that he brought in the dawn of a new era. When Augustus was born, a new Eagles team was born, and we were suddenly lifted to the heights in which we have reached and will continue to reach even even higher. So I would say he's the exact opposite. And I would say that you're actually kind of jealous uh, of him because he's been able to experience these heights as an Eagles fan that took you uh, all 24 years. I mean, I'm 34 years old. My birthday was yesterday. I must have missed your birthday card, but uh, I would say that you're jealous related. of him. <laughs> uh, you know, it's the jealousy that has fueled this conversation because these fraud babies don't understand what we had to go through as Eagles fans, and now basically they're just newborn deer just opening their eyes like little Bambi, staggering across as they try to walk. But they don't understand what it means to be an Eagles fan. So I want to know, what are you going to do to, to make sure Augustus knows that it was not always this easy? Well, you know, I'm a big uh, history fan, and I think your concern is valid because uh, we, we see these these young Dallas Cowboys fans and these uh, young New England Patriots fans, and uh, they don't know what the struggle is for an Eagles fan. Uh, and I understand communicating that history, uh, that struggle, and again, being a big history guy as I am, I think I can communicate that to him in the form of bedtime stories uh, of the four NFC Championship games that, that we went to and this and the Super Bowl loss and Randall Cunningham getting the injury and Jerome Brown. I think I can communicate that to him in the way of stories. And seeing as he didn't experience that, that Super Bowl, he won't have any uh, memory of it, I can kind of beat him down uh, as he grows up to kind of put that mindset, make it ingrain that in him. So I, I think there's a way around that, Jack. It's just it's going to take a lot of cunning. Yeah, he, listen, I need you to beat him down. I need you to <laughs> I need you to remind him that it was not always this easy. I need you showing him tape of Rondé Barber in his sleep, so it makes him feel like he was physically in that moment. I mean, I was eight, and that was the first time I was like, wow. This is what the, this is what the people talk about when they talk about the Eagles. I need your 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 ten month old Augustus to feel that way one day. Now now, when do you think is the appropriate time to have the sit down conversation? Because I would argue that the the history of the Eagles talk and making sure that your son is not raised a fraud, like Kiss, you 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 would never raise your son to be a fraud. I would argue that this conversation is more important than the sex talk. And I want to know at what what age do you think is appropriate to where he finally gets it. It's always been my belief that you have to pick your team by the age of 12. 
Uh, so wow. I believe that that talk should occur previous to the age of 12. And for, for Augustus, I mean, that's, that's just, it's going to be a continuous dialogue. I don't think there's any set point that, that, that's, that that's correct. And what he needs to understand is uh, there needs to be, he needs to feel like Carson Wentz. He needs to feel like his ACL was torn uh, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So there's still that hunger. There's still that desire. There's still that I need to prove something kind of kind of feel to it. And that's got to that has to take place over a period of years. Uh, it's definitely an indoctrination uh, of being a diseased Eagles fan. I, I would agree with you at that point. So I, I think I, I get you in a way, uh, but I, I don't I don't feel that because you're calling him a fraud. I, I feel like you're doubting my skills as a parent, which I'm pretty flawless as a dad, as you know. I do know now. I want uh, now. I want to know what precautions that like. What not precautions may not be the word, but what steps have you taken towards molding the young mind of ten-month-old Augustus? Yeah, it's all about uh, imagery, uh, and you know, you see these these uh, uh, dictators that come up, and it's all it's all about the imagery and the, and the, the cult's personality and all that stuff. Uh, there isn't. Uh, a room that he can go into that that isn't plastered with eagles things. There's not a conversation that 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 he can hear uh, that doesn't end with go birds. Uh, doesn't matter who I'm talking to in the house. You know, baby, can you take out the trash? Yeah, no problem. Go birds, and I'm on it. So that 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 has to take place on a, on a on a continuous basis to just get 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 them used to saying it, like. Uh, the, End the conversation with me and and, and say go birds. That's what ex- it, you have to set that expected behavior and the, and the follow up is very important. Uh, as a as a manager in my in my field, uh, doing warehousing and, and all that, you expect behavior and then you have to make sure that that you you know you're, you're constantly uh, uh, in reinforcing that. So I think that's part of it too. Now, has he spoken physical words yet? I I wouldn't say they're words. Uh, they're more uh, just uh, a gobbledygook. Is it's just but dad 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 ba 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 ma 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 ma. Uh, eagle should be his his or go birds. Actually, would be a great phrase for him to to say if as he, his first words. That would be amazing. If he comes out and says <laughs> and says go birds, like what what is the Michael Kiss reaction to that? Oh jeez, man, it would be. It would be the same reaction. So I was watching the Super Bowl in a bar when Brandon Graham uh, stripped the ball. I literally ran around the bar yelling, "Let's go!" That would be that would be that that type of moment for me. It would be a Super Bowl defining moment uh, with him saying, "Go Birds!" I, I would I would lose it. I would run around the house and just lose my mind. Now, when you have when you have the, the talk with with your son, and I have deemed that I think now I don't know much about babies, but in my own experience of thinking of my five-year-old self. I think that's when I started remembering things. I said that five, five is the age when you start to really hammer at home the, the history of being an Eagles fan. If you don't shed a tear raising your, if you don't shed a tear having this talk with your, with your child, like he's just not going to get it. So kiss, are you going to shed a tear when you have this, this, this talk with young Augustus? Absolutely, and and to go back to your previous point, the age of five is crazy. I was just having a talk with my wife about certain movies that I remembered or moments in my life, and they all start to click around four or five. That first thing that you remember, watching Land Before Time, crying crying over that movie the first time I saw it when I was five years old. So yeah, you have to make that emotional connection. You have to make that moment important so that that's the first the first memory that they have is their old pops shedding a tear. Uh, over the Eagles, I think would be a very, very powerful image. 
I agree. I think that's the first thing he has to remember when he thinks of dad. You know, when 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 he, when he is when he is putting you into the ground when you're in your like 80s, 50 years from now, he has to say, "I remember when pops had the talk with me." And they, all his friends are like, "Oh, the sex talk." And they're like, "No, the history of the Eagles talk." Uh, and I remember when he shed a tear talking about the parade, the Brandon Graham strip sack, the Philly special, all that stuff. I that's going to be his first memory, and I think that's a very important first memory. It's a very first. It's it's an important thing to instill in in a young fraud baby, which yeah, and, <laughs> which, and which it, again, Augustus and it's, is and a it's good because I don't I don't cry in in public often. Oh, I don't no, I mean you're a man to cry. You know? I've only seen my if he has to makes the statement when he's older. I've only seen my dad cry once, and he was when he was he was giving me the talk about the Eagles when I was five years old. That's very powerful. <laughs> oh my god, I, that needs to happen at this point. So, 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 at, at what? Listen, I don't think I don't think you can just jump in when you're having the talk with your son. And I don't think you just jump in and be go straight to the Super Bowl. Like I think it's got to be a build up to the Super Bowl. At what age are you two going to sit down on a nice Sunday afternoon in the off season and and, and sit there and, and watch the Super Bowl? Yeah, that's that's a tough one, man. Because you kind of have to go through the history as almost if it's like a fairy tale. Like once upon a time, there was a guy named Concrete Charlie, and, and just and kind of go through that. Uh, depending on how well he takes to it, uh, he's going to be a sharp kid, man. I mean, he's my kid. I'm a smart guy. He's yeah, going to be course. a smart one. Shouldn't take too long. Uh, but as far as the getting to the actual Super Bowl, the, beyond the initial talk, yeah. I, I think I, you know seven or eight feels good to where they can kind of retain it at, at a more detailed level. Would you agree with that? Because yeah. I'm kind of kicking that around. I'm not really sure. Yeah, because, I mean, it's going to take at least three years to talk about the whole history of the Eagles. It's going to take mm. – it's going to take – at least a year to get through the four NFC Championship game losses, uh, and then the Super Bowl loss. Obviously, you have to get to, and then you have to explain 08, and then I don't know how long the Chip, Chip Kelly, Kelly, the Chip Kelly era is going <laughs> to last. That could be a while. I mean, you're you're yeah. looking you're looking at a How I Met Your Mother esque run, like the, the the How I Met Your Mother. It's basically the the How I Became an Eagles fan talk, which is more important than How I Met Your Mother. And I think CBS, I know the executives listen to this show. Um, if you need if you need a spinoff. I think this is the one you should go with because it, it sounds like a pretty dynamite spinoff. And then the final season can just be, or the final episode of the season can be watching the Super Bowl with Dad. I think that sounds yeah. like a good idea. Yeah, I mean, call the shareholders right now. That's that's a dynamite idea. Basically, what I'm doing with my son is I'm just going in in, in a time machine and I'm doing my podcast for him live as if I would do it uh, back then which sounds pretty amazing. I might have to sell that idea uh, to, the, to the people at BGN Radio. John, John Barchard, if you're listening, buddy, let's, let's talk about this. Let's, let's pan this out. Let's, let's, let's go back in time and relive the, uh, why we are diseased Eagles fans, every excruciating moment. Are you going to make uh, your son listen to the Kiss and Soul Lecture? Oh, they already do. Yeah. Uh, it's part of it's, it's part of my older son's uh, homework, uh, especially for the summer book reports and, and, and all that. But also listening to my show and telling me uh, uh, only positive criticisms, of course, because I'm very thin-skinned when it comes to that. But uh, uh, I can't take some of the crap that you take in, in, in the uh, in the reviews. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely uh, it's required listening. It's appointment viewing. It's it's all that stuff uh, for the family at, at the very least. Uh, take the time to download the thing and play it through. I don't care if you're listening or not, but I will quiz you. I yeah. will pop quiz you. Yeah, and eventually you're going to also uh, have a test for your for Augustus, right? You're going to you're going to print out a at least twenty questions 
about the history of the Eagles before you get him his first real jersey. That's yeah, yeah. He he has to know it uh, front and back. And I was I was growing up on uh, I grew up on NFL films, and I remember when I was in first grade, they made us do a storybook, and my storybook was uh, uh, the tale of Joe Namath, and I did it in like a style of like a, a wizard. It was like a whole like, I don't know if you remember the whole Mickey Mouse thing, or and they had like the old NFL films type. They would do it like half cartoon, like half reality type deal. Uh, but like he has to be like that has to be his mindset. He's got to be fully tuned in to not only just the Eagles, but just in the NFL in general, in general, and the lore of it, and uh, just really just buying in. Because I will not, I will not, not, not have a child who is not a gigantic football fan. And you and you can you can call me uh, bullheaded or whatever you want to call me. It's just not going to happen. And uh, I think that's my right as an American. So what have you uh, what, what kind of last before I get you before I let you out of here, what advice do you have for the young parents that are also dealing with fraud babies? Um, you know, is it is it is it making sure that everything is it's a lot of visual stuff, making sure they get a bunch of Eagles things in their face at all times? Is it is, you don't really have to have the talk yet, but it's just seeing a bunch of Eagles stuff around and seeing dad get excited about the Eagles. Like what advice do you have for the young the young parents with fraud babies? Celebrate all the Eagles uh, moments as they happen with them. Um, indoctrinate, indoctrinate, indoctrinate. Let them make their own choices, but at the same time, don't. Well, yeah, to a, to an extent. Like you can do whatever you want, but you're being raised a Philly sports fan. Like there's 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 Here's the hard line. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the one thing that we can all agree on. Like you know, you do whatever you want in life, whatever you, job, whatever you want. But there, you have one thing that is a, is a prerequisite to be to be a frist to be a fritz to be a kissed to be a diseased yep. Eagles fan is to obviously be a Philly sports fan and an Eagles fan. So, uh, Michael Kist, thanks for hopping on for a few minutes. You're, I think you're doing a great job raising your fraud, baby. He will not be a fraud much longer. He will get his midnight green soon. Much appreciated, Jack. Thank you for having me on, and I hope when you have a, a fraud baby uh, sometime in the future that, uh, that you're able to do as good of a job as I am as a parent. Well, I mean, that's the goal for everyone. All right, it is mailbag time here on the Counterpoint Podcast, which you can always send your mailbag questions to counterpointmailbag at gmail.com uh, or tweet me. But I would wait to tweet me because I will probably forget. Um, so from John Barber, hey, Jack, I know you aren't a big movie guy, but as far as sports movies go, I figured you could put four together for me. Uh, so give me your top four sports movies of all time. You can go full nostalgia here as sports movies tend to, to not be the greatest films, but people love them plainly because we all love sports themselves. So uh, my definitive top four. Um, number one, Sandlot. I think Sandlot is uh, the best movie of all time. It's, not, it's one of the best movies of all time. I love Sandlot. It just makes me feel like baseball. And I love baseball. Uh, Miracle. I mean, Miracle is just, I, there's nothing better than Miracle. Rocky, obviously. I mean, Rocky's Philadelphia. It's Philadelphia to its core. And finally, uh, Super Bowl 52, all you frauds. That's the best movie of all time. Moving on. Uh, from Brandon Sosbosley. That's a difficult last name. Um, hey, Jack. Diseased AF fan. <laughs> Diseased AF fan. Uh, living in cowboy country for 13 years. Um, first off, thank you for keeping the name and number test alive. Great names literally always translate to a great player and great number. My dad is a Giants fan from New York and recently told me he's happy the Eagles won a Super Bowl. 
Is it okay for the trust tree to accept Giants fans who are rooting for the birds during the run? Uh, P.S. Cowboys fans are terrible drivers. Go birds. Um, no, I don't. I don't want. I don't want other fan bases rooting for us. Like I don't want the other NFC East um, fan bases saying, "Hey, I'm happy for you." I don't. I don't want that at all because it takes away. It takes away my hatred for their teams. So I don't. I don't accept when I hear. Um, a Cowboys or Giants or Redskins fan saying, Hey, I was happy for you because, because I mean, I would never be happy for them if they were in the Super Bowl. Like, I just think that's fraudulent. So no, they do not get it. Um, from Tom DeCero. Uh, Hey Jack, what's your ideal banner raising ceremony? Personally, I want the Eagles to hire Lady Gaga set designers and go all out. I want Carson to ride to the 50 inside an egg. Uh, not too cramped though, as he will be playing a football game that night. Uh, then while chronological highlights of the game play on every screen, Jason Kelsey comes in wearing a mummer's outfit and riding a white stallion and leads the rest of the team pulling foals in a chariot with a Lombardi trophy on a victory lap around the stadium. Then the Carson setup. Then right after the incomplete Brady Hail Mary plays the highlights or the lights, music and screens all turn off except for a spotlight on foals as he walks up and ignites the egg. The egg splits down the middle and Carson comes out ready to play, but without a helmet, uh, wearing a long red wig that is blowing in the wind and made to look like it is on fire. Next, they light up a 25-foot-tall bird that is inflating in the background that is made to look on fire like a phoenix. The red lights turn off, Carson puts on his helmet, and the phoenix is revealed to actually be an eagle which bends over. In the, uh, in the mouth of the eagle, Kelsey, Jenkins, Ertz, Brandon Graham, and Clement, I have decided to forgive him, place a large scroll. The eagle begins to fly with uh, mechanicized wings and the sky cam lines and the scroll comes unrolled to reveal the Super Bowl 52 banner. The big eagle flies up and installs the banner. Then it flies over to a platform above that corner scoreboard thing where Howie, Doug, and Jeff Lurie are all standing, strapped in. Uh, They each pet the eagle before it returns to the center of the field and the lights go dark. There are some details to work out, but I would like to know what you think. Anything short of this level of gravitas will be disappointing to me. That sounds like a lot. It <laughs> sounds like a lot. I'm sure before the season started starts, I will unveil my perfect ring ceremony night. Or not ring ceremony. My perfect uh, banner raising ceremony. Um, from Kieran Gorman. Uh, hi, Jack. I never miss your podcast. Well, I never miss any of the Eagles podcasts from BGN. I am from Ireland. Uh, where there are loads of Eagles fans. It's getting bigger every year. I had the game pass, so I don't miss a game. You could talk about how big the NFL is getting outside of America. We even have a league in Ireland now. I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool whenever I hear um, fans from other countries saying how you know big Eagles fans they are. I think it's wild. I could never imagine doing that. But I think it's great. Uh, and it is getting bigger. And I wonder if how, how much NFL Europe had to do with that. But um, yeah, no, I think, I think it's really cool. And I think it's really spreading. And I can't wait... Hopefully we can all go to London and we can meet more Eagles fans in Europe, which is cool. Uh, from David Tomei, Jack rewatching the Eagles versus Falcons game uh, from the divisional round. I wanted to ask this phil- philosophical question when it comes to speed versus power, who wins reminder, the Eagles are super bowl champions. Hope the wedding planning is going well. Um, well, obviously I think power wins in, I think power wins in cold weather. In, in actual football weather. Like speed is cool in theory, but once it comes down to the crux of the game, like I would rather have power. 
And I think the Falcons are a, a fraudulent team. That's why they lost in the Super Bowl last year or two years ago and then lost to us in the link. Uh, the wedding planning is going well. Jill's killing it. I'm not doing as much, but Jill's doing great. Um, from Brad Napersky. Um, all right. I've been holding this in for a while now. I found out in March that my father, the reason I am an Eagles fan, is a Nick Foles should start over Wentz person. What do I do, Jack? Need the trust tree's guidance. So, I, like, like murder's out of the question, right? Like, we're, we're not going to do that. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, listen. It's a it's it's a really tough conversation to have, but I think you just gotta be like, Dad, it's it's time to send you to the home. Um, it's it's just it's just an embarrassing opinion to have. It's an embarrassing opinion to have. It, it really it it really is. And if you want to have a sit down conversation and be like, Dad, no, this this isn't it. This isn't this isn't how we're gonna do this. Um, because we in the trust tree, like we have, have a podcast. We are we are definitely not on the on the the cars the Nick Foles just started with Carson Wentz thing. So, Brad, I again, if you're in the trust tree, if you're if you're on Twitter, feel free to tweet Brad um, at b n a p e r s k i, and just just send him some thoughts and prayers because his dad is going through a rough period in his life, and he he doesn't understand that Carson Wentz is amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe maybe think about the home, Brad. Maybe maybe start thinking about that. Um, other than that, it's just, you know, maybe start, maybe start yelling, just start yelling. Say, dad, you're, you're ridiculous. Cause I, I, uh, it's bad from, um, DK. What's your biggest Eagle draft blunder in recent years? I would say, uh, Marcus Smith, uh, and then 2010 round two, number 37, Nate Allen over TJ Ward and Gronk. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, the one that I always remembered was Jerome McDougal right in front of, Troy Palomalu, and we could have had Troy Palomalu and Brian Dawkins for at least like a good five-year period there. And that would have been just amazing. It would have been amazing. Um, from Richard Martinick, who you got winning the World Cup? Uh, I'm be honest with you, I don't like soccer. And the only time I ever watch the World Cup is when the USA is involved. So if the USA is not involved, I'm not going to watch the World Cup. I will watch anything if USA is strapped across the chest. Now I know that's gonna that's gonna annoy some of the the European fans of this podcast or the Australian fans of this podcast or wherever around the world you listen because I'm sure soccer or f- football like uh, you guys call it um, is is big. I just I think it's I think it's a boring sport. I don't understand soccer except when USA is in it. I think it's fun then, and I wish USA was better because I would I think I would actually like to get in soccer, but only when the US is. I that's just how I am. I'm sorry. Uh, from Rog, uh, dear Jack, we are climbing into the trust tree, obviously, and as an avid listener and supporter of your veggie, of your veggie track stardom, I'm a valid Eagles fan. However, as a child, I did not grow up in, the, in a sports home. My first Super Bowl was Pitt Dallas, and I remember Hayden guys in silver. In kindergarten, I chose to like the Eagles because they were the same color as my favorite Power Ranger. Though again, not being a sports family, I didn't really start watching full time until the Mike Vick years. Am I a fraud? Have mercy. P.S. Born and raised North Delawarean. So, yeah, I mean, it's tough because you you weren't raised in a sports home. But then again, neither was I. And look how I turned out. I mean, my dad doesn't like sports. In fact, he doesn't understand it. He doesn't understand why I get angry. 
my mom likes sports, but I think she likes sports because I like sports. So like when the Eagles, when I was younger, the Eagles were like, oh, well, let's watch them on Sunday. But it was nothing like during the week, like getting ready for it. It was just like, oh, it's on, whatever. My granddad was a big sports fan. So my granddad kind of helped mold me into who I am today. So blame him. Blame him. Um, I'm going to I'm going to give Rog a pass here because he obviously did not grow up in a in a sports home. But also, Rog, like you have to understand that the Eagles were were like if you're a North Delawarean, like that's close enough to Philadelphia. I mean, you're right on the outskirts of Philadelphia, basically. So you have to understand what it means what it means to be an Eagles fan. What 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 the Eagles mean to this era to this area. So I'm struggling with this one. I mean, I, on one hand, you 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 chose the Eagles at a young age. Kindergarten is a very young age, but you chose them because of your favorite Power Ranger. You didn't choose them because they were the local team, and you knew that everyone loved them. That sounds a little fraudulent. Didn't start watching full time until the Mike Vick years. Whew. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. That's that's a that's a questionable one. But you are in the trust tree, and you obviously listen to this podcast. You're obviously a disease Eagles fan now. So I mean, it seems like you get a pass. Um, from Chase Turner, I don't know how to ask this question, but I need your rankings on who has the best look when it comes to their entire uniforms, accessories, cleats, uh, etc. I guess who looks the most swag. So I. I I went over this a lot. I think I came to the conclusion that Malcolm Jenkins is the most swag because he has the the mixture between swag and class, and he's got the perfect safety helmet. Uh, he's he also has the 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 eye protector thing, which I always love, especially when I'm building a Madden guy. He also has the arm sleeves, which look awesome, uh, and then he also has that brand, which lets let lets the lets the guys know that he was once a badass, but he's also classy at the same time. Like he dresses classy. I think Malcolm Jenkins is the most swag player in the Eagles. I think I, I feel good about that. Um, from Lonus, what were the best and most underrated touchdown celebrations from last season? So I think the most underrated one and the one that, that doesn't get talked about enough is the Kenyon Barner touchdown in Dallas because that was the first time we saw the real swag from Carson Wentz. Like Carson Wentz, you know, he'd be excited after they score touchdowns, but this is the first time he was like, yo, motherfuckers, we're dominating you. And yeah, you know, that was when we saw him. They threw the money all up in the air, and Carson like was really, really swagging it. Like that was the first time we saw Carson like swagged out Carson once, and that was a very important turning point um, in the in the Eagles season. So I want you to show that when you're raising your kids, uh, I want you to show them that touchdown and 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 let them understand that that was the first time we saw Carson Wentz like that, that think he's amazing. So uh, a very important. A very important touchdown celebration that I don't think has been talked about enough. But that is going to do it for this episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. I will talk to you next week. I'm sorry that it was so late this week. I ran out of time. But that's on me. So I will uh, I will get to this early next week. But uh, have a good weekend. Your second record, and it's the song you wrote. Uh, yes, I write most of the stuff.